0: And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me, I'm Bill Arnold, and it is that time of the week where we're going to do our Sunburnt series. Dr. Peter Capster and I always look forward at this time of the week where we can have a special guest on the program and talk about any number of topics, and today we're going to talk about your health. Peter, this is going to be fun.
2: This is going to be fun. This is a, a topic you and I have not really covered before for an hour like this, no, so I'm looking not. forward to it.
0: it's not. And just for your information, I checked our Twitter account, and right now we currently have... 22 million followers, but only <laughs> only 14 are real people.
2: I was, I was going to say that had to be pretty bot heavy. If that was, that, <laughs> ex, extremely bot heavy, yeah. Yeah, but, it really was. <laughs> yeah.
0: But our, our guest, Dr. Walt Laramore, is going to be joining us. And he is uh, retired from patient care, uh, serving for 41 years as a family physician and delivered over 1,500 babies. That's a lot of babies. But he's written, but, uh, I, I think, about 40 books. I had him on the program Uh, A while ago, and we uh, talked about uh, one of his uh, newer books, his most recent book, and it was called At First Light. It's a true World War II story of a hero, his bravery, and an amazing horse. And it was riveting. So I'm glad to have him back on his other new book uh, called Fit Over 50. We'll have to take notes because one day we'll get there
2: yeah <laughs> one day we will you know bill you and i live in eternal time so it's tough to keep track of that temporal age isn't it Thank i mean you. i never really know i we never really know how old we are
0: that's true and as i look at the uh, endorsements for uh, walt's book of course uh, our our good friend uh, dr david stevens is one of the ringing endorsements for the book and you and i both interviewed david and we love him uh, but uh, it's great to have walt on the program walt nice to have you with us today
3: Great to be with you guys, thanks for the privilege
0: yeah it's going to be a fun hour i uh I'm fascinated with the topic I love it and i'm I'm excited to dig in uh you've uh, laid this book out really nicely, so you've given us all kinds of things to think about and maybe we should just start by talking about about health what is what is
3: health <laughs> That's a great question yeah. when I first went into practice, I was in a little town in the Smoky Mountains called Bryson City, uh, right after residency at Duke, little town with 900 people and 38 Baptist churches. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. But a second-grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Bateman. She's since graduated to glory, but she asked me to come speak to her second-graders about what health was. And for the first time, I mean, here I was, an M.D., Duke trained family physician. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. What the heck is health?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did you spit out
3: of your mouth? Oh, I mean, you you kind of bring up that old, old memory. Because we had been trained to recognize disease, diagnose disease, screen for disease, you know, treat disease. But health wasn't something that was such a, a a big emphasis in medical training back then. Thank goodness. Thank the Lord it is now. But what is health? And so I actually was part of a a research group. So I said, well, let's do some research. And so I sent out um, questionnaires to health experts, health policy experts, uh, medical experts in, in just shy of 100 countries. And I actually asked them, what is your definition of health? And what would be the two or three most important components of it. And the you talked about the book At First Light being riveting. The answers were riveting because they really, really surprised me. So instead of ending up with two or three essentials of being highly healthy, I actually ended up with 10 essentials that ended up with this particular book. But shockingly to me back then, and it shouldn't be to any of us now, health is just much, much more than physical health. And so the experts said it's not just physical health, it also includes your mental and emotional health. And it also includes your relational, your family, your social health. And these mostly secular experts said it includes your spiritual health. And and immediately what came to mind to me was four wheels of, of an automobile. The experts were telling me you need to have all four of these wheels, physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual health, fully inflated and balanced. And if you don't, your drive down the road is going to be pretty bumpy, and it may not be as long as, as you would like.
0: So I love that. I love the the image of four wheels of a car and the four wheels, if they're not each properly inflated is going to cause trouble when the car's on the road. And again, that's relational social health, emotional mental health, physical health, and spiritual health. So it's a much more comprehensive view uh, than what I would normally think what you would answer, how I would think you would answer.
3: Yeah, and it's all based upon the science and the evidence. The number of studies showing the relationship between those four wheels literally runs into the tens and tens of thousands and all of them are important, but the power steering of health is really connected to spiritual health. I mean, that's that's the, that's the big one. That's the one that's gonna last in eternity. Uh, the physical health, that one may tend to wane and get a little bit rusty <laughs> and a little bit bumpy. Uh, thus, the book Fit Over 50, although I've gotta tell you, Bill and Peter, the most common complaint that I receive about this book, whether it's email or mail, is people say, Well, I bought it for Mom and Dad, but I took a look at it. I'm thirty, everything here applies to me mm-hmm. i'm twenty five everything applies to me so i think I think we probably should just title it, you know fit over teenage. Years <laughs>
2: Well, I was with uh, some friends last night, one of whom is um, a health coach, and she actually does coach according to those same categories that you referenced. And and she talked about most people come to her because they want to lose weight. And um, and she talks about that, that that's a secondary uh, focus, that she really wants to focus on the emotional, spiritual. And from that, will come some, some much more healthy weight loss kinds of practices. But she said that when she approaches it that way, a number of people aren't interested anymore. They just want to come and just do a weight loss thing. Do you find a similar kind of thing when you talk about the, the holistic approach to health?
3: Yeah, great question. And I've got a little tool, not only for her, but also for all of our listeners, because the the first essential of being highly healthy is to understand this balance between the four wheels. If you don't understand that, and if you don't assess yourself, you will not become highly healthy. And so um, in the book, I talk about a tool that I developed actually over two decades ago, but it's been updated. I developed it with the expert experts at Kaiser health. And it allows you by just taking an hour, hour, 15 minutes, to honestly answer about 300 questions. And you'll actually be able to draw your four health wheels, physical, emotional, relational, spiritual. You'll be able to see which ones are inflated. You'll be able to see which ones are flat. And it's a particularly helpful tool when someone comes in with one particular problem, like I wanna lose weight that can have many causes. It can have physical causes, spiritual causes, relational causes. So so your friend, your health coach is absolutely right to look. But boy, when people fill this tool out and then they look at their wheels, it becomes real obvious. In fact, I still do some consulting, and I was helping a friend of mine who who does adolescent medicine, and she had a patient who had some really difficult migraine uh, migraine-sounding headaches, but nothing in the migraine treatment world really worked. And so I had my friend just give the mom and her teenage daughter this assessment. And when they did, what they found was that there were some issues spiritually and relationally that were leading to flat wheels. And once it's interesting, once they saw that, that actual diagram that they did, then they were free to say, oh, okay, maybe this is where we need to head because the physical stuff really hasn't worked.
0: So good. Dr. Walt Larimore is our guest. We're talking about his book, Fit Over 50. And, Walt, I would love to uh, have you talk a little bit about how important preventative care is.
3: Well, I think everyone knows that. You know that that it's an awful lot easier to prevent illness than it is to treat it once you once you have it. It's easier to prevent cancer than it is to treat cancer. It's easier to prevent dementia or Alzheimer's than it is to to treat it. It's easier to prevent. Bone thinning, osteoporosis, and the fractures that come from that, it's easier to, on, and on and on to prevent mood disorders, depression, anxiety before it comes. And so that was actually the, the second essential that most of our health experts literally around the world gave was to be sure that you know what preventive care you need based upon your sex, your age, your family history. And then what sort of screening tests that that you need to have. Also, what are you doing? Are you making health decisions as far as tobacco use or drug use or uh sinning what I call sinning disease or something like that that is actually going to end up causing disease. And so I think that the the chapter on preventive disease allows It makes common sense, but allows most people to just sort of go through and check. When's the last time you had your blood pressure checked? 13% of adult Americans say, I've never had it checked. And yet blood pressure, which could be totally asymptomatic, no symptoms at all, can be one of the leading causes of heart attack, heart disease, stroke, heart failure. Even dementia and Alzheimer's has a strong relationship to untreated uh, blood pressure, what about breast cancer screening twenty six percent of adult women who who in America who qualify for breast cancer screening haven't done it and and peter bill the the main reason women give us well gosh i'm scared what they 'll find. Early breast cancer is treatable it's curable. The more difficult ones are the ones the asymptomatic ones. In women who maybe don't even have a family history, in fact, my wife, Barb, her jazzercise exercise teacher, um, had had not done a good job of getting her screening. And when she finally got her screening, she already had breast cancer, and mm-hmm. it's a type of cancer that could have been treated earlier. And same thing for cholesterol and colon cancer and, and uh and, and even uh, bone scans for osteoporosis, osteopenia, even uh, screening for depression. So there's preventive testing that can be done by, by a primary care physician. And uh, in the book, I talk about based on your age, based on your sex, what are some of the things you consider and what ages? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take
0: a break. And when I was telling Peter about this interview today and in Fit Over 50, your book, Dr. Walt Laramore, I said, Peter, we have to be proactive and we have to make sure we're drinking lots of water. I know we're probably all need more water. So Peter and I each drank a liter of water before this interview. So we really have to take a break right now, but we'll be right back with Dr. Walt Laramond.
1: listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: It is the Sunburnt Series and our series guest tonight is Dr. Walt Lairmore. He's written a book called Fit Over 50 and Peter Kapsner and I are loving this discussion. Walt, so far I would love to hear um, some, maybe some rules for the that involve the four wheels of health. Um, I know I was just joking about water, but I think most of us don't drink
3: enough water or do we drink enough water? Well, that's going to be a surprising answer, I think, for you. But before we get there, um, let me go back because I didn't mention in our last segment that for any of our listeners who would like to take a self-test just to see where you're at, to, to see where your four wheels of health are at and how balanced they are or unbalanced they are, Um, You can just go to drwalt.com, that's D-R-W-A-L-T com, go to the bottom of the page, and there's a whole list of health assessment tools that are available for everyone for free. Uh, As far as this particular one, then you want to look for the one that says right at the top left column, it says health assessment, there's one that's secular, and there's one that's for Christians for evangelicals. The difference is the spiritual history. The one for evangelicals uh, was developed by Randy Alcorn and George Gallup and George Barna. I worked with them almost 25 years ago putting together that spiritual history, and I'm so grateful that they let us use it. And this is an assessment that our listeners can do once a year, or they can do every six months to, as Paul said, uh, you know, examine yourself to find yourself approved or examine yourself to find out where you can improve. Hmm. So that's drwalt.com, back at the, down to the very bottom of the page, absolutely free. You don't have to give me your email address or social security number or bank account or anything, anything like that. Yeah. And uh, also feel free to share that with friends or small group members or family members. But the water question is really interesting because the National Institute of Health just a couple of years ago looked into all the claims about water. Do you drink, you know, 60 ounces a day or a liter a day or are we chronically dehydrated and you can find gazillions of of websites that say we are in fact there's very little evidence that most people are dehydrated and there's no evidence that any particular amount of of water is helpful and there's plenty of evidence that we can get water from non-water sources for example uh, if you have a cup of coffee in the morning a cup of tea in the afternoon count that as water Mm. vegetables and fruit are loaded with water. And so what the National Institute of Health said was, well, there's not a a particular amount that we can recommend for anyone. Use thirst as your guide. The exception to this new advice is if a healthcare professional tells you you need to drink a particular amount for a particular reason, or if you need to limit your fluids for a particular reason, then yes, follow that advice. But otherwise, let thirst be your guide And don't feel guilty about it, and that way we don't have to take as long a commercial break for you guys. (laughs) Peter?
2: I'm not sure I really like this. Yeah. I'm not sure I really like this assessment tool here, Walt. I, I'm going through this and, and it says, when a teenager drives by my yard with a car stereo blaring, I can feel my blood pressure starting to rise. <laughs> yep, that would be true. Uh, most of my friends are more interesting than I am. That would be true. Like, Walt, I, I'm not feeling great after the first couple of questions here.
3: Well, but they, indication of what the answers are may be a surprise to you. <laughs>
2: it's actually a great, this is a really fun assessment tool. I, this is really interesting.
3: Well, Peter, with your five kids, you may need some low blood pressure
2: medication. <laughs> 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 you know? That sounds very fair, Walt.
3: <laughs> I love it. I, I remember. I remember when our kids hit the teenage years, and we were just so concerned and so worried about it. And so back then, our church had a preparing for adolescent video series by none other than dr james dobson and boy we were there with pens and pencils and ready and he was standing in front of a of a uh, of a blackboard, and he's drawing a line straight across. He said, "Here's your life as parents before you have teenagers." And then he started going up and down with his hands, it looked like a, a seismograph or something. Or <laughs> and then he went the board and he said, "So truth number one, your life is going to be really, really hectic." And then, then, it, then he just started the straight line again. He said, "Truth number two, the teenage years will end." <laughs> truth number three. <laughs> Between point A and point B, pray, pray, pray. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, by the way, I should mention that in the health tool assessments at com is a parenting assessment. So, what type of parent are you and and are you do you have a parenting style that that may be problematic for you or your children? for those who have who are young adults who, who are listening or have children who are young adults, there's an assessment tool for young adults. There's also an assessment tool for teenagers, and I do recommend that the teen and the parent take it because often they'll have different views. Of, of the team's health, and, all, and once again, all of those tools are available at no charge.
0: So good, Walt. All right, let's uh, talk about some other habits that we have. Uh, what about uh, the, the the diet? Of course, that's going to be a critical part of the discussion. I would imagine what we put in our in our uh, mouth, uh, even when we eat dinner. Should we be having a lighter dinner in the evening?
3: Yeah, there's the old saying that's been proven by study after study after study, and that's eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, and dinner like a pauper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're seeing some of this in the evidence of intermittent fasting for, for lighter meals at, at bedtime. Uh, we know that the... the that Concentrating on breakfast, a nutritious breakfast, and followed by a nutritious lunch, and then a lighter dinner, particularly an earlier in the evening dinner, if you can do it, has a variety of healthy effects, not just on weight gain or weight loss, not just in cardiovascular and cholesterol health, but even in the in the amount of and the quality of sleep that we get. Having too much food too late in the evening, too much activity, even mental activity late in the evening, too much caffeine, even chocolate, Uh, within eight hours of sleep, too much television or screen stimulation, too close to bedtime, all can decrease the quality of sleep that we have. And one of the things that people have given me the most feedback about, at least their surprise, is that weight loss, yes, as you mentioned, it's related to nutrition, to diet, to what we eat, when we eat, how we eat, Yes, it's related to movement, to exercise, to curing sitting disease by getting off our behindies. But the third leg of healthful sleep is, uh, of healthful weight loss, is sleep. If we don't get good, restful sleep, then our neurohormones get out of whack. And two in particular they've discovered one called ghrelin, spelled G H R E L I N, one called leptin. Called L-E-P-T-I-N. Leptin uh, actually is a hormone that helps us lose weight. It lowers our appetite. And leptin hormone goes up the more sleep we get, the more exercise that we get. The ghrelin hormone is kind of the bad one because it gives us a greater appetite. It causes us to gain weight even when we try to diet. And ghrelin goes up with poor sleep, and with poor exercise. And so the more we learn about how fearfully and wonderfully we're made as people, the more we see God's wisdom in, in the Bible for how to eat, when to eat, where to eat, getting sleep, getting rest, and then getting up off our behinds.
0: Oh, I love it. The doctor is in. We we're talking to Dr. Walt Larimore, and he's got his brand new book called Fit Over 50. And just the, the, the diagnostic test, you go to drwalt.com, I've already gone there. Peter's already gone there. I think we're both going to take this test, Peter, and I can't wait to compare my results to yours and see who <laughs> who wins. I think it's going to be I didn't be realize me. it was a competition. Oh, yeah, yes, everything's I'm a defi- competition. i
2: definitely in during the break, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, so we'll take a break, and when we come back more with Dr. Walt Larimore on our Sunburnt series, and again, his book is Fit Over 50. Be right back.
1: You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Faith, Hope, and Clarity in a special repeat performance.
3: What's for dinner? It's
0: the afternoon show with Bill Arnold. What's for dinner? But better be pretty healthy because I'm talking to Dr. Walt Larrimore. This is the sunburnt series. We'll probably eventually get to sun and avoiding it and how. We need to protect our skin from it, but we're not there yet. Um, Peter, I think you got a question about intermittent fasting.
2: Yeah, I'm just curious, Walt, that there's a lot of different uh, voices out there, some of which really talk about the merits of it, and some people say, no, it actually isn't good for you. And uh, I guess, is there any good way to discern what's reliable with some of this versus unreliable information?
3: Yeah, Peter, that's just a great question, because the Internet is just rife with incredible amounts of inaccurate health information. In the book, I talk about almost how dangerous the internet is to your health, because there are so few sites that are evidence-based and and trustworthy. I don't sell vitamins, I don't sell supplements, I don't sell advice, I don't sell, you know, these assessments that we have. My my shtick has always been evidence-based information that you can trust. Um, biblically-based, and trustworthy information. And so that kind of goes against the grain, against some of the Internet stuff. But when it comes to to diet and nutrition, my favorite evidence-based group uh, is is the Association for the Registered Dietitians. It's a wonderful, trustworthy website. But when you're comparing the different diets, U.S. News and World Report's every year at the beginning of the year, they publish the results of a consortium of experts. They put together a panel every fall of statistics experts, of research experts, of nutrition and diet experts and health experts, and they evaluate each of the popular diets, each of the popular nutrition plans, and then they rate them on an evidence-based scale which is the best for losing weight, which is the best for heart disease, which is the best for ADHD, which is the best for cholesterol, on and on and on. And so I summarize that, that um, information in one of the chapters of the book when it comes to, to getting that information. Uh, Bill, you've said a couple times it's a new book. It actually has been out for a couple of years. I, I wrote it with a the, – the miracle of this book is I'm a, gra- I'm a graduate, my undergraduate – degree came from harvard well it it came from harvard on the bayou that's what we call (laughs) (laughs) although after katrina it was harvard under the bayou but anyway uh so here i am a a medical medical graduate of louisiana state university and i co-write a book with a uh, exercise physiologist, exercise expert from the University of Alabama. So how's that for a miracle to get those two schools together to uh, to do something? But anyway, uh, the, the diet, uh, the, the chapter on eating like a Greek, emphasizes that of all the nutrition plans, year after year after year, over the last six years, the Mediterranean-type diet has won out in almost almost, every Mm. category Mm. it's just excellent what about intermittent fasting peter you asked about that jury's completely out on that research is ongoing looking at a number of the different intermittent fasting plans the 5-2 plan for example Uh, but there's just not much good information on it in general i don't think it's harmful intermittent fasting for most people but i do recommend if you're going to try a nutrition plan Run it by your, your personal physician just to see if given your history, given the medications you're on, is it something that they would recommend or whether they wouldn't.
0: Well, when it comes to dealing with everyday stress, I know some people live in a constant fight or flight sort of uh, life where there's always a deadline or a crisis or something. And what does the, these cortisol surges, This uh, what does that do to your body and your stress levels? and Exhaustion at night.
3: Yeah, it, it, well, it can be huge, and I think most of our listeners know that. the The researchers now, over the last twelve years, have begun to differentiate stress into good stress and harmful stress. So there there is good stress. There there's good deadlines to meet, and there's good habits to develop, and there's good stressors for us. For example, we know with bone health that if you are sedentary. If you just sit around all day, your bones tend to get weaker. They tend to get thinner. They can, tend to get more fracture prone. But with exercise, even with swimming, for example, uh, that increases the strength of bones as our muscles Stress our bones. Our bones thicken in response to that. So there is good stress and there is bad stress. In the assessment tool that we talked about earlier, it will actually measure, <clears throat> excuse me, what I call the the sadness disease S A D. It will measure stress, anxiety, and depression. And people say, well, I don't I don't feel depressed. There are forms of depression where you don't feel depressed. And so having an assessment tool. Uh, tool if you would kind of we talked earlier about those four wheels of health and what you don't want it there's no woman listening in our audience that doesn't want to be driving down a country road in the middle of the night in a driving rainstorm and get a flat tire it just is a horrifying thing to even think about well when it comes to our health to prevent in this case mental health to prevent those flat tires mentally To prevent that tipping point of going over the edge of stress, anxiety, or depression, this assessment tool that I built allows you to check the pressure in each of your tires and see where is my mental health pressure? Is it nicely inflated? Is it overinflated? Or is my wheel flat? And and earlier, Bill, you said, hey, Peter, you and I, let's, let's see who comes out the best. And I really encourage people not to use the assessment tool to make (laughs) yourself look better because you can answer the questions and get a plus, you know, but, but to answer them honestly and and prayerfully to just in meditation, say, you know, where am I at? Okay. Yeah, I know. Maybe this answer should be a five instead of a three, but if a three is where you at put it so that you can see the totality of your health, where it really is. And then, then you'll know. Okay, here's where I need to start working. Now you may find of the eight, four, yeah, the sixteen different spokes, four spokes on each of four wheels, you may find five of them or six of them are shorter than they should be. No big deal. Just pick one of them to improve, and then begin work on that one. And next month begin the next one. Next month begin the next one. I was talking to a guy today. Said he started a new nutrition plan. He said, you know. In in the first uh, three months, I've only lost 10 pounds. I said, well, that's three pounds a month. In a year, that's 36 pounds. In two years, that's 72 pounds. So there's no rush to improving good health, but the main thing is just to get started on that road with the first step and find a step that, you want to do, that you want to do perhaps with someone else, an accountability partner, a small group member, a spouse, a pastor, and then begin that road to health together, finding things you want to do and taking those small, fruitful steps one at a time.
2: Hmm. Walt, when you take an assessment like that, and it does have so many different questions to it, uh, do you find that maybe it can be difficult to be really ruthlessly honest with yourself? Do people fear failure in some of these areas?
3: You know, I think fear is is a, a driving force for a lot of us, and yet, um, by finding out where you need to improve, then you then you're able to do it. You're able to begin to get the advice that you need and take take the steps uh, that you need. Do take the time on this. This does take a, a while. This isn't like a you know, pop a pill and get better <laughs> type of type of thing. In fact, I I, I I am perhaps the most critical in the health realm of what's going on in our country in the nutrition uh, supplement business. We, We are the only developed country in the world, in the world, that does not regulate nutritional supplements. And it's literally the Wild West when it comes to advertising and selling those products. I have a bit of information in this book about it, but for our listeners who are really interested in natural medications and herbs and vitamins and supplements, I do have a book that came out last year called The Natural Medicine Handbook. It's evidence-based. I'm not selling you a thing, but what I showed in that book was I took just over 1,300 natural interventions. That includes nutrition, exercise, sleep, but also nutritional supplements. Over 1300 of them that were touted or sold for, for uh, 550 different conditions, two thirds of them either are ineffective or potentially dangerous. And so if you want to be highly healthy in our country, you've got to be really careful with herbs, vitamins, and supplements. And it takes a a guide, I think, to begin to find out what's good and what's potentially dangerous.
0: That's pretty uh, sobering to hear that because I think there's a, a lot of people, they do their own little research or they see a commercial or they think, oh, I need a lot more vitamin D, so I'm going to start taking tons of it and we we just think it's going to be healthy, and it may not be.
3: It can be harmful to you, uh, especially if you don't need it. Um, In fact, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force just came out with a statement on multivitamins and vitamins for cardiovascular health and actually found several that were uh, harmful to dangerous uh, and no evidence that that multivitamins, uh, particularly B, uh, uh, complexes have any benefit whatsoever. Uh, most of the websites that are providing information are selling these substances, and so they're not the most objective sites in the whole world. Um, and it's very difficult, actually, to practice medicine without having access to to up to up to date trustworthy sites. The the two that I, that I use by far the most. There's one called ConsumerLab.com. It's all on word, ConsumerLab.com. Peter and Bill, it is a subscription site. I don't have any ties with them whatsoever other than I've recommended them and used them in my practice for the last 25 years. But what they do, they go out like Consumer Reports. They go out and buy herbs, vitamins, and supplements on the market, same places we do, at pharmacies, at big box stores like Costco and Sam's, on the internet, they buy the most popular ones and then they test them. Do they contain what they say they contain or not? Do they have contaminants, heavy metals, or cancer-causing materials? Do they actually absorb in your system or do they just go out not being absorbed at all? And then they rate them, do you want natural supplements that are vegan or vegetarian? They'll rate that. Do you want supplements that don't have added sugar? Do you want supplements that don't have added processed chemicals, for example? And then they rate them for, well, what's the best buy? And it's really interesting. For example, with vitamin C, the same 500 milligram tablet, the same amount, can vary in price from $0.03 to $30. Wow. <laughs> How are you gonna know? So Consumer Lab is, is my is my favorite. Uh there there is a new site rating supplements that is uh that, that doesn't charge. Mark Cuban, who owns Dallas Mavericks and some venture capitalists, have um have developed the site. After our break I'll give you that email address because at my age, I've forgotten the site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll
0: do with that. We'll take our break right now. Dr. Walt Laramore is our guest. His book is Fit Over 50, and we'll be right back with lots more.
1: Are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Faith, Hope, and Clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: Welcome back to the show. Dr. Walt Larimore is our guest. Fit Over 50 is his book. And Peter, uh, this has been fascinating. I, I'm loving this discussion and I could go on for another hour easy. But in Walt's book, he talks about five habits to live 10 years longer or more. I'd love to hear a little bit about that, Walt
3: well i mean who wouldn't if you if you had five things that you could do that would ha- help you live longer who wouldn't want to know that and the good news is that the data on these particular five habits is stunning i mean the 10 years or longer is for people in their 40s or 50s it's even longer than that if you're younger than that. I mean, it's incredible. In fact, the most recent social security data shows that about 25% of 65 year olds are going to live past 90 and about 10% will be older than 95. I had a patient last year who told me, he said, doc, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably true of more of us. But for these five particular habits, if you're 50, and you follow these five habits, you're looking at 25 to 29 more years of good, healthy life. If you don't do the, if, if you're not healthy in these five habits, <clears throat> excuse me, then that's lowered down into the 15 to 20 uh, year range. So what are they? Well, number one, never smoke. Well, listeners may say, well, but I am, or I did. In that case, stop. It is a number one killer. The number one cause of cancer is the number one cause of stroke. It's the number one cause of cardiovascular disease and premature cardiac death. And so if you use tobacco products in any form, vape, smoke, chew, dip, you run around with girls that do or whatever those things (laughs) are, get some help and get stuff. So never smoking. Number two, get your weight as normal as you can get it. The more weight that you carry, the shorter your life, the more disability that you're going to have and the more diseases that you're going to have. There are a number of cancers that are weight related. That weight <clears throat> excuse me, that weight causes physical activity, getting off your high knee and moving. For a while the experts were saying was well, 30 minutes a day, 5 days a week. Now they're saying 150, perhaps even 120 minutes a week of movement. It can be gardening. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes at once. You can park further away at work, walk 10 minutes into work, bam, you've got 10 minutes done. At, at a break, <clears throat> take a walk. Have a meeting while you're taking a walk. At the mall, <laughs> you go, don't don't drive 30 minutes looking for the parking space closest. <laughs> you know get up and move uh, uh, at least 150 minutes a week. There was a study that just came out. I blogged about it. And by the way, at drwalt.com, people can sign up free for my daily blog. But I blogged about a study that came out last week that showed people that did their 120 to 150 minutes just on the weekend had the same life lengthening benefits as people who did it every day. So number three is, uh, exercise number four, no or limited alcohol. If, if you're a listener that has a freedom in the area uh, of alcohol, a glass of wine a day or whatever, you'll want to read the book about, about what amounts to hold yourself to. But no or limited alcohol. And then lastly, just a diet, a high-quality, nutrient-defense, dense, low-carbohydrate, low-added sugar, low-processed food, nutritional diet. Those five things make a difference and, and at fifty years of age, it'll add ten to fifteen years of quality life to your to your uh to your life so we we may have some listeners say, "Well, what if I can only do four of them or what if I can only do three of them The more you do the better
2: well uh when you talk about not consuming processed foods, do organic foods, is there any kind of uh, science that would show that eating organic is is meaningfully better than not organic at this point?
3: Well, it's meaningfully more expensive.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> take, that, take that into, into consideration. Uh, when you look, for example, at fruits and vegetables, there are those that are more likely because of the skin or the fruit or the pulp to absorb chemicals, for example. And so with some fruits and vegetables, you may want to lean towards organic others. It doesn't seem to matter as much. If you can, uh, Afford organic Yes it does seem to be some benefit Just because of the chemical protection uh, That you have But does eating non-organic Once in a while or intermittently Make a difference I don't think there's any evidence That really supports that And so I tend not to get real hung up on that Barb and I do uh, For example every morning um, My my mentor of, Gosh almost 35 years now Got me is uh, a dairy farmer but he got me into, a, into a, just eating a, a, some whole grains in the morning, some uh, some granola mixed with some rolled oats, uh, with some fresh fruit, some blueberries. This morning it was blueberries and raspberries and blackberries. And so those berries we buy organic just because the thinness of the skin is such that it's easier for contaminants to, to come in. One one warning with organics is Food produced in the United States that's labeled organic likely is. Food that comes from outside the United States labeled organic, a little bit more questionable just because the regulations may be different in those countries.
0: Well, let's talk about sun and our skin.
3: Well, here's this is going to shock some people. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have any sort of tan, you have sun-damaged skin. If you are melanin deficient, if you are not a person of color, and and you tan yourself, whether it's indoors or outdoors, you're causing skin damage that's going to build up over time. And the more skin damage that you have over time, the more likely you are to develop any number of skin skin cancers. Now, I don't mean to say that people with dense melanin, people of color, uh, have a have a free pass in this area because people of color can sunburn and they can get sun damage the same as those of us that don't have as much uh, melanin but anything that you can do to protect yourself from sun damage so if you like if you're lighter skinned and you like having a little color to your skin the the skin darkening Uh, products that don't require sun are really pretty good. They used to kind of give you kind of this bronze, yucky look. But I go over several of the newer ones in the book, which are really quite effective. of giving you a little bit of color, but without the sun damage. And I recommend, along with the American Academy of Dermatology and the American Academy of Family Physicians, that everyone moisturize their skin before they go out for the day, and choose a moisturizer that has a sun protective factor, an SPF of 20 or more. Remember that if you're going to use a sun canning protector, sunburn protection, the name of our program, right? Right. <laughs> Be sure to put that product on. I call it the 20-20-20 wall. You want to put on a product that has an SPF of 20, and you want to put it on at least 20 minutes before you go out because it kind of has to absorb uh, into your skin. But every morning after I sh- shine, <laughs> shave and shine my shoes, you know, <laughs> I've got that <laughs> moisturizer, and I put it onto my hands and forearms and under my face. And um, people who do that and do it for years, tend to have less wrinkling. They tend to have less skin thinning. They tend to have less of that tobacco paper looking skin. Mm -hmm. They tend to look younger and they have a remarkably reduced risk of skin cancer. So the new thing isn't just to protect from the sun, but to to avoid uh, damage from the sun as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Walt, is sugar evil? Is money evil? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm following your train of thought. Yeah, no, sh- sugar's not evil. There's there's good protein and bad protein. There's good carbohydrates and there's bad carbohydrates. There's good whole grains and there's those that aren't so healthy. There's healthy fat and there's unhealthy fat. And so, in the sugar world, learning about healthy sugar is crucial to our health. And so, the blue I told you about breakfast this morning my blueberries and. Blackberries and raspberries that I had contained sugar. It's sugar. I mean, you'll hear some people say, "Well, it's natural sugar." Well, so is so is white sugar. So is brown sugar. Uh, and so the emphasis now among the evidence-based nutritionists and dietitians is no added sugar. Mm, okay. That, that's a, the, the and no no high fructose corn syrup sugar. But the, the natural sugars are good and they're healthy a low carbohydrate diet even the Mediterranean diet includes fruits and vegetables because they're healthy it includes healthy whole grains because they're healthy it includes the good fats the olive oil and the rapeseed oil because they're healthy and so that but does a little unhealthy fat does having that little petite sirloin on Saturday night every other week make a difference in overall health probably not mm-hmm. but 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 good sugar, avoiding the added sugar, the processed sugar, and the unhealthy sugar.
0: Yeah. Walt, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm going to encourage everyone to go to drwalt.com, drwalt.com, take his assessment. There's uh, no strings attached. You can just uh, get on and take it, and it will help you when you look at your four areas, their four wheels of your car. It's just been a delight having you on.
3: Always, always a treat to be with you, Bill. It's my Thanks. second time, I look forward to the third sometime in the future. Thanks mind. so much.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Walt Laramore, has been our guest. Peter, this was a uh, this was really good.
2: That's Very... uh, one of my favorite hours that we've done so far. And, and I think to be clear, you and I still are willing to compete on this health assessment test, right?
0: Absolutely. We had to say that after he got off the program. So now, yeah, for
2: sure. Now yeah. let's have at it. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. All right.
0: Thanks, Peter. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to spending time with you tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.